This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, host Jason Glick, how are you doing? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? No, not too bad. What do you have to talk about tonight? Well, what I've got to talk about is like probably is um certainly certainly timeless in terms of manga and also one of the uh, most um influ- influential it's like um like works out there and I mentioned this because, um I'm bringing it up now because well um back in France's um Angoulême um festival um Katsuhiro Otomo um was re- was recently um like named its named its chief and he was going to get a big award for, for this so I mean it's like I realized hey you know with him getting with him coming out in the spotlight again what better time to talk about his um his definitive work Akira because you know it's like talk to um people who aren't fans of it's like of manga or anime and yeah they'll at least have heard of Akira the movie that is because it is just hugely influential and just like a landmark in um it's like in in animation and cinema in fact like it's it really has its in, its in, impact and influence haven't been equaled like since it was released back in 1988 because you know no one I mean, I mean like no I mean like it's just just it was just like a huge shock to the system that um, no one had seen anything like this before and um and not not even Japan try, has tried to equal, equal its impact impact since I had a friend who actually was in Japan when it was released and he went to see it just a sight unseen and he was floored by it yeah i mean it's actually um you know tara's husband michael um he actually his parents actually took him to see him and his brother to see it back when they were kids and yeah that that messed him up something something good and now he teaches high school <laughs> yeah i mean like it's it's hard to like take for 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 a nation like like ours has been weaned on you know, Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons, like like for like, like the last last fifty de- five decades prior to its release. I mean, to see this thing that was that was like you know a, a hard, like a hard hard science fiction story with lots of violence and incredible spectacle. I mean, no one has released anything that that approaches like, like Akira's um, like skill skill and impact, let alone level of violence um, s- since then. I mean, it's. I mean, it's like Akira, Akira stands alone. Stands alone in like in in animation. Like, I mean, not I mean, not as much in in Japan, where it also has you know stuff like Ghost in the Shell and Cowboy Bebop. To least compare, to least um compared to in terms of like science science fiction sci fi action. Um, in, in other words, but for America, I mean, no, it's like I mean, it, it flipped it flipped our lid, and every, and um ever since then, no one has ever tried to to really. To say, hey, you know, we can do something just as as crazy and violent, and um, well, we got Titan AE, and I don't think that counts. So, but um, the thing is, like the uh, the Akira of the movie and Akira the manga are two very different beasts. <coughs> I mean, first of all, the original Akira was originally serialized, um, started circulation back way back in the um, Halcyon days of 1982 in Japan, and didn't finish until 19. 19- 1990. And these are, it was released in six um, large phone book sized volumes. And it also give you an impact of, of its, um, how, its importance. It's also one of the few manga here that was actually licensed first by Marvel Comics for their Epic Comics imprint and was released in, um, it's like a nice, it's like a nice thick, in a nice thick prestige format and colorized as well. Actually, the color, I've read the, uh, 
the uh, like the original manga, so most of the original manga, um, in its colorized form at the UCR special special collections library, the Eaton collection, because they cause some guy apparently just had a bunch of these comics and gave them to the collection, and it's like, wow, this is great. Oh no, you don't actually have the entire series. Shit. So yeah, it's like even though like I read about two thirds of the of the series, um, I was shit out of luck until Dark Horse because. Yeah, who else was going to release this um, back at the um, back back at the turn of the millennium? And they um, they released it's like they released these series in um, six phone, nice big phone book sized volumes because you know what, even after the manga revolution had taken place, Dark Horse was still at this time was still trying to feel things out and think and um, realize hey you know there's still a large audience of people who it's like who, who will read flipped manga who, who aren't going to like, have that much of it who are going to look at the um, we just be turned off with the fact that the manga is, you know, reads un- unflipped um, right to left. It's like, and that there's people who just want to read this, like, read this normally. Um, I have the Dark Horse editions because I still have them because the um, Kodansha editions, which came out when, which were actually Kodansha's um, first um, publication as a company in the in the U.S. Um, their their update, you know, even though it puts the uh, manga on glossy pages and uh, mine. And my uh, newsprint, um, st- Dark Horse's newsprint st- stock is starting to show its age. Um, it's still really not a significant upgrade. Um, aside, it's like aside from that, and also it's just kind of like sad to think that yeah, hey, you know, Dark Horse went through all the trouble to like release this back in the day, and then now it's like, oh, not not yours anymore. Sorry. So, so I'm I'm probably the only person who's just slightly bitter about that. But you know what? Do you, what are you going to do? But it's also telling the fact that Akira is actually released in its original dimensions and not um, shrunk down. And like a uh, most manga are, like Akira, that's 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 Akira's importance. Where, where even if the title like Ghost in the Shell, you know, gets like a um, is released these days in like it's like a um, pocket sized format. Akira, no, nah, comic sized dimensions because that's the because uh, that's that's the um, treatment that this series demands and. God knows that the art from Otomo is absolutely incredible. I mean, his, I mean, they, it's, a lot of the character designs and some, are, are like are very much like very much eighties, like in it's like inner look and feel, and also the whole the whole cyberpunk aesthetic to it with you know the, bike, the biker gangs and all. It's like, but the um, but his but um, Otomo's art is absolutely stunning in this. It's like it's like in. Like in the series, from from beginning to end, and it it's like just just from the from the level of detail that he puts into the cityscapes. And that's and the, it just gets only more insane as things go on. Like when you start off in like the um like the in the uh, ur- in the um, pristine urban, you get such a pristine urban spectacle in like Indio Tokyo, but also seeing the um, urban decay in its lower areas. It's like and then you've also got then the things go on when um, Neo Tokyo gets its shit wrecked halfway through. You've got the um, destroyed cityscapes that require even more atten- attention detail, and um, Otomo and his assistants, which, according to um, Wikipedia, include an uncredited um, Satoshi Kon. Um, it's like they, it's like the art is the art is truly man- magnificent, and if you are someone who just who thrives on 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 looking at great comic art, then Akira absolutely belongs in your collection for this. Like for for that for that reason alone, and it's also um, impressive just just to see how um, just how cinematic um, Otomo's um, 
like his his work here is in the sense that it's it's a lot. It's just a it it, it just shows like a lot. It's like just it's it thrives primarily on action, just like showing showing like you know people people fight people fighting like um bullet, bullets flying um heads exploding of course um like lots of shit being thro- thro- thrown thrown on by mine by people's by people's minds and also just like heavy explosives everywhere it's a really impressive um feat that he manages to like have all this motion come off come off impressively and just and absorbingly in the like in the course of the manga it's like i mean there's there's so much great stuff i can just keep going on about about the art, but it's just like it's really immersive, and that's it's the longest, strongest aspect. Because here's the thing, because aside, because you know, even though it's like you know, Kira is certainly an epic. Rereading it again is also um, that caused me to realize a few couple things. The sense that you know, it's there's really not like a whole lot of story going on here. In the sense that you know, yes, it's a story about you know the government has been experimenting on. It's like on kids in order to unleash their latent psychic powers and well takes place well sign of the times the series takes place um 30 years after 30 years in the future um in 2030 um neo tokyo after like 30 years after world war three see and now it's like everyone's like you meant to, to rebuild in the meantime but the government is still poking around with the psychic powers that um, caused the, um, World War, they kicked off World War III to begin with because it turns out because while it's not public knowledge, it turns out that one of the um, experimentees from this like from this project, the um, kid known as only as um, number twenty eight, um, Akira, was the one who um, destroyed Neo Tokyo and set off this world war. Now things things kick off with um, with this um, when these biker pumps. Biker-punks come into contact with this um, wizened old wizened kid one day, um, racing in the uh, to, to the destroyed outskirts of Neo Tokyo. And um, well, one of one of the kids um, um, named Tetsuo is um, is injured in this by by, the, by this kid um, and his and his buddy Kaneda, the lead the gang's leader. You know, you know try you know it's like tries to take take out you know find out what this kid's deal is, and he winds up getting. And um, Kaneda wants to get sucked into this, um, into the outer outer part of this conspiracy, with all the, and also gets involved with the freedom fighters who are trying to like you know, who are trying to like liberate the kids and find out the truth behind the um, like the experiments. Well, Tetsuo winds up; they want to find out that he's got he. Well, he's taking it for medical treatment. Um, he wants they find out what, the government winds up, winds up finding out that he's got um, psychic powers of his own, and. Um, Tetsuo and Akira, they've been friends, friends since childhood, but there's also like, you know, Kaneda is like the leader, Tetsuo's the one who follows, and now Tetsuo's, you know, been starting to chafe at this after all the all these years. Now that he's got he's fine sounded that he has these powers, now it's probably his chance to, you know, take take the lead and car- carve out his own own destiny. And for the first three volumes, it's basically um it has a the series has a great screwball and Energy of a great screwball comedy in the sense that you've got all these characters from from Kaneda to Tetsuo to the um to the um resist to the rebels like um the adult Ryu um K the uh, female sensible female love interest of this of the series who also has doesn't have psychic powers herself but is also a great psychic um chat um conduit and all like and their friends they just and also and the colonel who is basically running the uh, government say 
see the government's um, psychics program. And it's like, it's just seeing how all these characters in Civil War just keep bouncing off each other, just, just running, just running to each other. Like, Hey, it's you. Like, and how they just, how they just keep, um, you know, ping ponging off each other as the, um, and as the narrative, narrative goes on and eventually culminating in the, um, in, the, in the destruction of, of, of Neo Tokyo through, through random chance. That's the first three volumes. Then, Volumes um, four, five, and six basically cover the um, the rise of the Great Tokyo Empire and all of the and um, Tetsuo and Akira's um, like they, their own um, efforts to like, um, take to um, run Neo Tokyo for themselves and against the um, it's against the other the, the opposing the opposing foes are the, of the um, psychic seer lady it's like Lady Miyako. And also, just you know, what all the other survivors from the from the first half as they try to, you know, take Tetsuo down for what he's done or done to them over the course the course of the series. It's you know, it's like there's there's not really a whole lot of um, you know deep. The, the plotting here isn't exactly deep. It's a lot of the thrills here are just kind of like on the surface. Just seeing just seeing the action, the carnage. It's like the uh, like Tetsuo's um, psychic powers um, go completely out of control in the, se- the second half, and you know that's fine. I mean, it's like it's it's entertaining as it is. There is some there is some nice character work in the course of the um, it's like in the course of the series, even though it's kind of like um, it's all like you know it's like it's most of the characters are just kind of like you know kept pretty simple. What got me about this second about this latest read through was just the fact that you know I realized just how much of a jerk. Um, Canada is. I mean, aside from just you know, well, leading a bunch of biker, leading a biker gang doesn't make him a bad person. But when he, um, but when his um, girlfriend, um, you know, um, that he's seeing at school, basically tells him, "Hey, you know, I might be pregnant," um, implying that he's the father. He, his response is, "Hey, great, can I watch you have it?" So yeah, that's um, that's Canada in a nutshell, and he's he's very much the um, act then think um, type. Type of personality, and you just wonder, like, in, like yes, he's a huge, he's he's a jerk, bordering on asshole. But the reason, like, he makes a great protagonist is that he, he is also a born leader in the sense that he is he's got a natural charisma to him that all that gets people to follow him. And even though it's like you know he's, it's like he, he um, it's like he sounds like he may actually seem like he's causing more harm than he he's, he's harming more than he hurts. The fact that he's um. Like that he's actually doing something, it's like also um, shows that he's that the fact that he's actually doing something is actually like you know for the good of the characters and again, it's like and the cast and the cast in the end. Though looking at his relationship with Kay, um, it's something that is completely founded on the uh, like the adrenaline rush that people like in social situations um, form together. I can believe that they would you know form a connection throughout all these all the events of these six volumes. But as soon as things are over and uh, you know, the excitement wears off, like, um, Kay's going to realize, my God, why, am I, why did I ever see this fucker in the first place? There you go. So, over, I mean, so overall, I think Akira is like is a definitely it's an entertaining work and definitely worth definitely worth re- worth reading. But it's not like say one of the for me, it's not one of the all time greats. I mean, there's a reason I didn't pick it as one of my um top 20 favorite comics of all time because there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff with a lot even if it's not as well drawn there's a lot more comics out there with a lot with much better depth it's like than akira in the end but however if you've only seen the movie then yeah you definitely owe it to yourself to check out the manga at some 
at some point just to see how much um how much more different than the uh how much more how much the uh, manga um expands on the original like the original story because um as because it's also one of the um rare the movie's also one of the extraordinarily rare um instances of the person who created the original work um Otomo actually um pulling off a gri- a um a really um good adaptation of like of his material so and uh, it's also worth knowing that you know he also did this while he was still um creating the manga because the movie came out in 88 and the manga didn't finish serialization until 1990 so yeah that's i you know, i'm sure people who were reading the manga um were just kind of really which were kind of wondering like you know like, when the fuck is the next um um chapter going to come out um while the movie was was was, was in production but um I don't know. It's like in the end, I think the movie is definitely the mo- the more seminal work, but the manga um, is definitely definitely has its merits and is worth your time as well. John, um, any thoughts on your end here? So I don't know. Did you say this? Um, does the manga wrap up any elements of the story that you don't see in the movie? Well, you actually I mean, like Akira exists as an actual character in the in the manga. It's like instead of just like a, a series of dismembered um, body. Well-preserved body parts. Right. He, he's actually a, a um, fairly significant character from volume, from volume three onwards. It's like I mean, he's not. I mean, it's like he's not um, kind of like a. Um, he doesn't have much of a character, so to speak, because the the way the story presents him is that he is so he that he opened his mind entirely to this psychic power, and as a result, now he only exists as kind of like um, a, a vehicle for the for the power man. For the power manifest. Hmm. Okay. Oh, and also one thing about the uh, like about the uh, manga is that in that because um, like Atomo had to re- rejigger a lot of stuff to make make the movie work. One of the things that I regret seeing him cut out was the character of um, Chiyoko, one of the uh, it's like one of the other um, rebels who was working with K, and um, Chiyoko is great because she is just this burly, burly as fuck female. It's like um like female commando. It's like who just who was has no problems just like either just punching guys out or just um sh- like um shooting them with an AK or um knocking them out with a rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. She is fan- she's a fantastic character, and while I can completely understand why um Otomo had to cut her out because you know there really wasn't any room for her. It's like in like in the movie, um she is just like she's like imagine like like um. 80s, 80s era Schwarzenegger with boobs. Yeah, and you've got her appeal in a nutshell. There you go. Hey, um, you know, strong women, strong female characters, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's great. Well, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Uh, next time, I'm actually. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about um, someone who who has done a lot of work to um, define, um, you know. To um, def- define and defend comics as a medium themselves, it was also after a couple of decades actually released his first um, first year, his first um, ma- major graphic novel. Um, Scott McCloud, the author of Understanding Comics, um, it's like that's the, I want to talk about him next next time because um, his his latest graphic novel, the the sculptor, haven't finished it yet. What I've read so far is really good, and I look forward to talking about um, his. But his his import, important works, like well, just sculptor, understanding comics, and Zot. So that's that's what's in store for next week. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick.
All right. Laters. Bye.